Warning, this podcast contains no journalistic integrity. Welcome to the Gentleman's Soapbox. So today we're going to start with, um, uh, for lack of a better term, a correction. Uh, a friend of mine who keeps me very, very honest and is very, very good at calling me out on my bullshit uh, sent me a correction with something we had to say with regards to the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Um, I had made the statement because as what I had read in several different places that the legalities of him carrying his AR-15 being 17 years old uh, was that even though the spirit of the law had been to say that it was only supposed to be for hunting and sporting, that it was not, in fact, stated in the law. Uh, and somebody sent me a copy of the law, and I was wrong. Uh, the kid broke the law. He wasn't supposed to be carrying the firearm. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, he he probably broke a couple of laws. <laughs> I, I I know, but in 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 the conversation with her and I and I'm hoping I get this correct. What she she's very very concerned, and I agree with her wholeheartedly with the idea of this sending out a message to people that going to a riot with an AR-15 is a acceptable idea. Uh, whether you're a dumbass teenager or not, and the fact that whether you think they were good people and deserved it or not, and there are some people out there who think that these people flat out deserved it. Two people are dead and one person is never using their arm again. So I can't argue with the fact that one way or the other, this is a tragic situation. I am As much as I don't think that he deserved to go to jail for what they charged him with, I do think they just overcharged him and screwed up. But the guys, the kids still, there should have been some consequence versus getting your picture taken next to Donald Trump and being called a hero for what happened. This is, and, and, and again, this is our, our in personal opinion. Uh, this is one of the problems with the outcome and the, um, maybe not with the outcome, but with the setup of this, this trial. They went for the maximum effect. They went for the maximum that they could do, uh, and sensa- sensationalized it and, and all these things to, to go hard on one way. And I think they probably had, they had some lesser charges that were not as murky. I bet you they could have got one or two of them to stick. Um, well, cause there to, were, there I, were tons of mistakes on either side of this. Oh, yeah. And I, and I have to admit, after having read that law, I am confused as to why that part was thrown out. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, I, I'm not. I, well, uh, no, and, and I'll be honest. I don't know enough about what occurred at that exact moment in the trial to know the answer to that question. I am confused as to why that was be thrown out, though. Yeah, I mean, it's there's. There's a lot of things with that particular trial I don't think went exactly as well. Now, at the certain point, and I said this before, you know, at the certain point, you know, when they're beating him and trying to take his gun away so they can shoot him with it, and, and you know, the, the, one of the other guys did have a gun with him and it threatened to kill him earlier. Okay, yeah, at that point, it is self-defense. However, everybody on 
both sides of those those altercations could have done stuff like one thing differently. Any of them in those situations didn't happen. And and that's the part that gets me. It's like, okay, lots of mistakes were made on this one. Uh, yeah, and I have to admit I'm worried about the next time these things start to happen and you've got somebody there going, well, he got away with it. Yeah, the precedent isn't great. Uh, there's, But I honestly think this taking to the streets because you're pissed off about a political thing is just getting warmed up. Oh, yeah. We have had more protests, more riots, more um, inequality and injustice and in indignation and, and everything happened in the last couple of years. Rightfully so. OK, in a lot of cases, um, people are pissed off. They're pissed off because our, our leadership is not listening to us. Our leadership does not actually care about us. They care about their party. They care about their backers. They care about the people who got them in office and are largely ignoring the will of the people. That historically can only go so far. And what they're betting on right now is it's good enough in this country right now that they can do their stuff for as long as it takes them to retire, get their bilk, their, the, the public in the United States and, and the people for as much money as they can and be retired, you know, sort of the, the diehard thing, you know, retired on a beach making 20%, you know, um, they think they can get away with that long enough to, to, to get whatever money they can and just say, Oh, not our problem. And the problem is they're right. They're right. They're they're going to be able to do this for well, a number well, Nancy of years. Did just buy her twenty four million dollar house in Florida. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, that's what they're all doing. Um, they're right. They're going to get away with it. We don't charge rich people. We don't charge our our leadership. The elites make sure that we can't. It's an unfair uh, game. It's rigged. Actually, and it, this, I, I hadn't had intentions of bringing this up with this in this particular cast today, but it, it just it fits too well in with what you just said. Uh, you, you, you do know that the woman who was working with Epstein, that her trial is starting, correct? <laughs> yeah, she'll get off. Well, not well. Not only that, but the judge has already decided that the press is not going to be allowed in the courtroom because the information is too salacious. Oh, which what a means, surprise. Which means that all the people that she has the capability of saying were there on Epstein's island uh, bonking uh, 16-year-olds ain't going to get heard by the public. Mm, weird, that. So, well, that's so I, weird. Well, unfortunately, I think the only other option they had was to kill her, which is what they did with Epstein. But um, that's just a conspiracy. Well, theory, then people obviously. would start to ask questions at that point, you know. <laughs> and that's that's the thing, right? Like, um <laughs> it's it's so blatant that I, I don't think people have caught on yet that they're lying to your face and telling you they're, that they're lying. And they honestly believe we're too dumb to figure it out. And in large part, we kind of are. Uh, so um, this is just business as usual. They just quit hiding it. That's all that is. Um <laughs> That's all it is. We we don't. You have enough money, and it will buy you anything, including injustice, <laughs> including immunity from laws, including you know the ability to commit murder and get away with it. I mean, that's just how our country works right now. 
Uh, and maybe it always did. I don't know. But uh, now we can point to it and go, yep, there it is. <laughs> uh, so maybe that's a little different. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it does not surprise me that that is actually happening. But, uh, yeah, it's the, the, the problem is historically, and I don't know how long it's going to take. Historically, that doesn't stand for it. It can't. It'll fold in on itself because it'll, it'll just it, somebody will wind up going just a little too far. And everything else behind it will break loose. Um, case in point, you know, you were talking about the whole Rittenhouse thing. You know, the um, the uh, the thing that happened in Wisconsin about the parade. Uh, guy gets in a car, you know, and drives over a parade uh, watching crowd, uh, kills five, injures 48. Um, and it, I, I said at the time, I'm like, dude. <laughs> Because no, every news organization and MSNBC is the worst, right? I, I truly believe that there's there's MSNBC, and then Fox and CNN are about at the par, but MSNBC is like the the worst as far as sensationalism and, and just crap news. I, and I always like to get their take because it's laughable. <laughs> but um, all the news organizations well, are well, using. Wait, wait, wait a minute, if I remember, if I get their headline correct, it was. SUV accident causes death. Yeah. And uh, and, and, that, and we're not talking like the, oh, that was the initial uh, headline and that's what people were thinking maybe at the time. No, no, no. That's the headline from a few days ago. That's their stance, <laughs> right? Um, and instead of the righteous indignation that, that happens when somebody takes a firearm and does and kills less and injures less people than this guy does. And MSNBC launches on this tirade that the manufacturers of the both the gun and the bullets need to be held accountable for what somebody did with their product. Gone was the rhetoric that uh, this person was some kind of it was racially motivated, even though the driver was black and most of the people he killed were white. In fact, all the people he killed were white, and the the large amount that he injured were also not of his ethnic background. Um, this wasn't a, a a domestic terrorist. This wasn't a hate crime. This wasn't racially motivated because it doesn't fit the narrative. They know they also did not try and and lobby the position that they should go after Chevrolet makers of the Equinox and Michelin tires, what he was driving on at the time, that that these people were not responsible for him using the product in a way not recommended. Um, gone were all those things. Uh, you didn't hear about any of that because that would be ridiculous. That's only applicable when people do it with firearms, you know, where they're not trying to ban all SUVs right now, uh, which statistically, if you look around, uh, SUVs kill more people than guns. Just go look it up. Um, but, uh, <laughs> We're not arguing that because that would be ridiculous. However, even though an SUV is a 210 weapon, but I digress. I said at the time, I'm like, do you believe I sent a text to Jake? I'm like, you believe this shit? You know, and I sent him a link to this. I'm like, I, I can't believe the coverage they're doing on this. Gone is and, this, you know, all these and, things. And what was it, my response to you? Jake said at the time, give it some time. Somebody will justify this. Somebody will justify this. They'll say it's justified. It didn't even take 48 hours. And that was the problem. Like, I was like, nobody's going to justify this. Jake, you're, you're insane. Didn't even take 48 hours. 
And some Democratic chick uh, in Milwaukee said that this was karma, that this man getting in an SUV, killing five people and wounding 48, driving over a parade crowd of people who were there just to see a Thanksgiving parade, was karma for the Rittenhouse trial. What the fuck? Okay. Um, and I, I'm like, the gypsy lady was right. You know, like, it's just as the gypsy lady protected. You know I mean? It, like, he called it a full, I mean, he it wasn't even 20 or 48 hours before that story hit. It's unfortunately the direction that these things go. It either fits the narrative or in some fashion or form, it's justified due to, well, any number of reasons. I mean, any number of reasons that if I mention any of them, I'm worried as to whether or not our our podcast gets canceled. Right. And I, I get it. And it's 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 one of those things, although it'd be difficult to cancel us because, you know, one, our message would have to go far enough that people cared. You, you mean we'd think... have to have more than 30 listeners? Yeah, I'd say so. You know, I, I'd say so. Although this is on a better trajectory than Hawkeye, man. Hawkeye <laughs> probably has 60, 75 <laughs> listeners. This has 30. We've only been going for a couple of months. Hawkeye has been going for a couple of years. You're, you're doing good. All right. We're, we're doing good here. But uh, <laughs> uh, but that said, um, you know, people would have to, like, listen and care more than they do to cancel us. So I, I'm less worried about that. However, what I would say is now in the Democratic Party's defense, they did distance themselves from this woman um, and be like, oh, we renounce her, her saying of this is because they knew she went a step too far. And it was just and I don't think it was actually that they disagreed with her. I think it was just that they didn't find a way that they could justify her statements and still keep their seats, you know. Because she had, I think she resigned like a day or two later or something like that. Um, I and I, I mean, what what do you make of that, man? I mean, you called it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it be, well, it's just unfortunately the history of how these things have gone. Um, it, it's it's exactly what I just said. You either have something that fits into a narrative, or we're going to cram it into a narrative and find a way to justify it. Um, and it's just how all these things have doubled down over the past, uh, well, uh, five years, especially, you know, yeah. ever, ever since the uh, the Donald came into office and then we uh, got stuck with Uncle Joe. <laughs> and I'm not happy with either of them. I'm, I'm not a fan of either one. I'm not pining for the days of Donald Trump. I am not. Hell, I'm not pining for the days of Obama. I'm, I get me well back before Nixon, before I even start considering whether or not there's somebody I want to pine for. And even then, I'm not exactly sure I want to. All right, I, I found the the stuff that she said. This chick, uh, her her name was uh, Lemansky. Uh, she was a uh, Mary Lemansky, and she was talking about this thing, and she said it was probably just self-defense is what she tweeted. Living in Wisconsin, he probably felt threatened. And then she said, it's sad. I'm sad. It's sad any, anyone dies. Uh, I just believe in karma. And this came around real quick on the citizens of Wisconsin. You reap what you sow, Wisconsin. Like, well, th this is not actually holy that, crap. This isn't all that much different as far as in tone. Now, in 
the fact that we're talking about dead people, it's very different. But in tone, then, when you have a House of Representative person standing on the uh, Capitol steps saying that the idea that Kyle Rittenhouse was given an opportunity to have internships in the in the Capitol made her feel unsafe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like he's going to come personally shoot her because he's got an immunity. He's got a license to kill now. You know, <laughs> you moron. Um, I I just, I can't believe that that they would say, and, and see, they're not even saying, they're not even using the right, the same words with the right body count, right? Like this has, this was a horrible, horrible incident that, that this dude did. And they're saying, saying things like accident. They're saying things like, well, it, you know, tragedy, not attack, which is what they'd have done if it was a gun related thing, even though he did mean to do that. It was an attack. Well, I, l- let's take this to a the next logical step. If we're worried about what how people are framing things and the just total utter hypocrisy that has gone on with public figures, um, uh, I'll take a step into what's just happened recently in the Capitol. Ilhan Omar, who is the Muslim representative from Minnesota, uh, just went out of her way to attempt to get Lauren Boebert, the gun-toting woman from uh, Colorado, uh, thrown out of Congress for calling her a suicide bomber. Okay. Now, let's dissect the hypocrisy here. Was it polite of Miss Boebert to refer to her as a suicide bomber? Of course it was impolite. That's just shitty. With that said, Ilhan Omar has stood on the Capitol steps and has campaigned for suicide bombers. Now, that may not necessarily be specific and directly true, but she is a supporter of Hamas. Verbally so. So how is that not an accurate statement? Now, at the same time, she's also perfectly fine for us no longer helping to fund Israel's purely defensive uh, anti-missile Iron Dome. So she's got no problem with anti-Semitism, but to refer to her as a Muslim terrorist is horrifying and wrong. So do I think any of these things are good things? No. Anti-Semitism is bad. Anti-Muslim is bad. All of these things are terrible things. But you have these people who are every bit willing to endorse one side and be horrified by the other and stand there and play the victim. And that is what is called hypocrisy and there's no difference between that and uh you know being every bit willing to refer to uh what happened in kenosha as karma oh 100 percent um as far as as the hypocrisy goes uh, i i can't and once you see you can't unsee it because it's happening everywhere right and and it's they're depending on us absolutely depending on us not to see it not to see the hypocrisy just to take whatever they say and chew it up in sound bites and spit it back out which honestly for the last 20 30 years has been working well it it, it also goes back to my favorite quote and you and i use it every time from men in black where i say a uh, yes a person is smart but 
People are dumb, panicky animals, and you know it. Exactly. And that's absolutely true. It's it, it really can be. And what's – love them or hate them, what the Trump presidency did is crystallize in high definition the, I guess, disparity between large groups of people and large ethnicities, haves and have-nots, the – you know, the liberals versus the conservatives and all that kind of thing. It just it crystallized everybody on different party lines and different sides of the equation. He also and, showed people what they showed people in power what they could get away with. Yeah, and that's that's really the the part that, that gets me because it's what they're really truly doing is making sure from the media to the elites to the our leadership class, and that's really what they are. Um, what they're making sure we can't do right now is have honest and heartfelt conversations with each other, even with people you don't agree with. I, I, I podcast with people I don't agree with politically. We are diametrically 180 degrees out and I podcast with them every week and they are truly my brothers and I, I don't have any problem with them. Yeah, they believe completely different things than I do. But that doesn't make them any less my friend. It doesn't make their opinions any less valuable to me. In fact, I value their opinion more uh, because it's it's something that comes from something I wouldn't have thought of. Uh, that, but but they're making it impossible for for that right now for us to get together and figure out what's actually happening to us. And get mad about the right things uh, that that they're winning, right? The, the 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 hypocrisy is winning because we're so divided we can't even talk to each other anymore. Well, that actually kind of to some extent leads into what I was trying to form into our topic for today. Um, topic. Topic. We have to be topical. <laughs> I mean, and, and we can be and we cannot be tangential i mean we have to stay on topic damn you oh, we're so screwed if we can't be tangential <laughs> well i we started last week talking about a letter we got from a listener who uses the handle dr gnome and there was a second part to what he had written in that i think kind of fits into where we are going to some extent right now and he made a comment with regards to the First Amendment and how, because, uh, you know, you and I have spoken about how language has changed and how communication has changed and how important open and honest communication is. And his response was that he agrees with that wholeheartedly, but that's all well and good. There are times in which you, you need to curb what people are saying, that it can be dangerous. Um, and I don't disagree with that, but what I found humorous, and I'll, I'll apologize to him for finding it humorous, just be, but you'll see why in a couple minutes, um, that one of his main complaints was his in-laws, uh, trying to anti-vax his children and QAnon his children, uh, which I unfortunately had to sit and giggle about. I apologize, Dr. Noam. I did find it funny. Uh, and part of the reason why I found it funny is because I know there's a generational gap in my own family with the way a lot of people think, though. It's not as quite that far, but I know we've had no hesitation to look at my child from the day she was born and say, okay, your grandparents are a little crazy on both sides of the family. 
uh, take everything they, they say with a grain of salt and confirm everything they have to say with us before you follow it. Mm. I don't mm. know if you've had to do the same thing in any way, shape, or form. Well, uh, yeah, I did. I mean, our, our children's grandparents on Shannon's side are exceedingly racist. Um, <laughs> and uh, or at least I consider them so. Uh, the first time I met her uncle, he sat me down, handed me a beer, and tried to convince me uh, for three hours why slavery was not a bad thing. And it, I told okay, Shannon that, that, at the yes, time. That classifies as racist. Yeah. In, that, in, to, uh, <laughs> in today's day and age, there, yes, I, even somebody who doesn't really buy into a lot of the anti-racism things that go on today, I can say that that is racist. Yeah, and um, and I told Shannon at the time, and we weren't married yet. I'm like, if you ever sit me down in that <laughs> family environment again, I am walking out on you, on this family, on everything else. If I ever have to sit through that shit again, we will have a problem, and we never have. And and it's been. She's like, I know. I I tried to warn you about Uncle Bill. It was bad, and I know it's bad. He's just a, like he's that way. And I'm like, yeah, he's a human piece of shit. <laughs> no. Well, um. Well, go ahead. But I mean, yes. Uh, to answer your question, yes, <laughs> I've had to deal with that in some way, shape, or form. Well, that but that also kind of leads into a more broader perspective, which is we've always considered it to be. A, I don't know whether you're going to call it a virtue, a right, a responsibility in, in the United States that we as parents, and both you and I are parents, have the not only right and the ability to, but the responsibility to teach our children our values. Uh, and they, But at the same time, there's always been a line to that as to unless those values are dangerous, whether that be uh, teaching your children... Uh, I, everything for the most just horrific concept of teaching your children that uh, I just watched a documentary on the uh, a cult called the Children of God, which was trying to teach their 13 year olds that sexuality was perfectly fine for them. Um, that would be a value I would consider bad. Um, but that line has changed over the past several years um, to the point where. What do we consider to be bad values? What do we consider to be bad values enough to take children away from their parents? And it's even come to a point where it's coming to a legal head. You've actually you've got a uh, a governor who just lost an election in the state of Virginia because he actually had the gall to say on national television in a debate that sh parents should not have anything to do with how their children are educated. Now, as much as people want to say that as some people want to say that he lost due to white supremacy, his numbers went down that moment and never recovered. You actually have and, and Sean and I were going through this article prior to the cast. You have people in Texas who are being arrested for speaking out at uh, school board meetings. You have people in Loudoun County, Virginia, who are being investigated as terrorists now, this was this is not hyperbole. This is, comes from a Freedom of Information Act piece that they, they, they are using anti-terrorism tactics to investigate parents who are speaking out at school board meetings. So the, my question is, where is that line of values these days? Oh, I think it's your favorite quote at this point. I think it's a race to the bottom. Uh, I don't think it has a line at this point. The... 
for the first time in, in a little while, and I, I have two schools of thought on this, but for the first time in a little while, I think extreme left liberal people have found themselves in seats of power because at one time or another, um, they seem to be very reasonable uh, to the electorate that uh, put them there. And it's it's funny, and and I'll just because I'm just going to expand on that, which is kind of interesting. That I was reading something not too long ago on the metric on where people fall on the political spectrum these days, and how the political spectrum in and of itself has changed. That the that what you consider to be leftist today would have been called communist 20 years ago. What yeah. you're considering centrist today would have been called liberals 20 years ago. And what's being called far right at the moment is what you would have called centrist 20 years ago. And then the people who you would have been called far right or Tea Party 20 years ago are now being called Nazis. Isn't that funny? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it, and there's probably some at least uh, truth to that as far as, uh, you know, how it works in actuality and how it would have worked in not that way. However, I, I, I don't know for sure. And, you know, there's not really been a lot of data on this, of course, because it would not behoove them to produce such data. However, um, I think you're seeing what happens when um, people who are not agreed with make very unpopular decisions and then use authority to enforce those unpopular decisions instead of either backing down or listening or, or changing or, or, you know, uh, uh, compromising, whatever it is. This is what happens with that. And you have not seen the end of this uh, at all. I think it's it's uh, uh, I truly believe it's a race to the bottom. They will they will have to. And this is the way humanity works. And, and I know it's a cynical way of thinking of that. But oh, I think me, I'm all for cynicism. It'll get a lot worse for it gets better because I think people will actually have to either die or several public Public injustices will have to be committed. Gross public injustices will have to be committed before people go, you know, fellas, uh, we may have stepped across a line or two here, and that, that may be bad. No, You're going to no, need but, to get but, but out of, But out of curiosity, and, and, I, and I keep having to qualify this because we're talking about actual news stories, so I'm not using hyperbole when I explain what I'm about to. So – the idea of sending armed police officers to raid someone's house and arrest them because they got a little emotional and ha- and was asked to leave a school board meeting is not crossing a public line. No, I don't think it's far enough. No, you'll need to jail them for a number of years or strip them of their children before that happens. Before anybody goes before that's too before that's too far. And before everybody gets behind it, goes, uh, whoa, I don't think that's enough. I don't think that's enough because what they'll do is they'll go, oh, they'll get out. Ah, they'll go to trial. They'll get off. It's fine. That that's what people will do because we're that jaded. It happens so often. We're that jaded. I don't think until they either jail them for a number of years or strip them of their children that they will be. Um, 
You know, until the headline reads, a father of two sent to prison for 10 years for disagreeing with the school board. Until that headline hits or children removed and sent to state care because, you know, father believed in teaching his children. Something like that has to happen. It won't be the mother because that plays against their shit. It'll be the fathers. Um, Until that headline hits, you won't see a a damn bit of movement. you You don't think they can get away with the mother? Going no. back to our election in um, uh, Virginia, the your your buddies over at MSNBC saying that the black lieutenant governor was was uh, <laughs> a white elected, elected due to white supremacy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you, you I, don't you don't think they could find a way to do that to the mother? I I don't think so. I I don't think so. It'd go it'd go too much because it wouldn't play in any of the southern states. You know, it's uh, I I don't think so. I think they get away with it with a father. They they probably think they'd get away with it with a father because men are evil, you know. Um, it's uh, look according to a lot of people, especially the people in CNN and MSNBC, um, Fox right behind them. Uh, men are the root. White middle aged men are the root of all evil. You know that, right? Well, I, unfortunately, if we go back to the one extreme or the other, either white middle-aged men are the root of all evil or white middle-aged men are the saviors of the world, one or the other. <laughs> There's no middle ground. Uh, yeah, I can't it's... just be your average, everyday, middle-aged fat guy and live on my own without having to either be either have a savior complex or be the uh, spawn of Satan. Now, actually, having been the fact that I was raised a Jew, I've been called the spawn of Satan before, so it wouldn't be anything new. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I was a, as raised as a Catholic and was an altar boy, so I was abused, I'm sure. I, I you know, of course you that's were. You probably just it. Yeah, exactly. That's what everybody assumes when I say I was an altar boy. <laughs> they were, oh, no. And I'm, I'm like, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no. I've had people I've had women do that to me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was an older boy. You carry you like carry the book. You carry the cross. You sit behind the thing, goof off for a while, then go behind in the rectory and drink the freaking boxed wine that they're using to skip everybody. And then you you put your stuff up, you clean up, you sweep up a little bit and go home. Hey, hey, you, you think that boxed wine was bad. You've Have you ever tried Manischewitz? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the stuff we use on Passover. That stuff's nasty. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was pink or not pink. It was purple, like boxed wine that they used in, uh, uh, Illinois in the eighties. Uh, and you know, but I tell people that and they're just sure. And, and I love the line they draw because I do another podcast other than this one. They, they assume that it went ultra boy abused sex podcast. Right, that's my 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 reach out to, oh, so, so, for help. So, so, that's my cry for help. So that's why you're a pervert. Uh, yeah, apparently, you know, <laughs> and it's like, no, I was a pervert before that. <laughs> I was born that way. Um, but I, I mean, they, people draw these conclusions, and they're never correct. It's just a, a gross type of stereotyping because they want to identify people. If you're not an oppressor, you're an evict- you're a victim. There's well, no in between. But see, the thing is, is even if you come down to it, that statement right there is what has the whole family values and what values you do and do not teach your children uh, up in arms at the moment. It's that exact statement. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not an oppressor, you're a victim. 
There is no in-between. And, and people are objecting to their three-year-old being referred to as an oppressor or, or a victim. Yeah. And I, you can't – and I, I don't know how to fix it because the media is latched onto it and the elite class and our leadership class is latched onto it. And they won't let that go because if they do, if they do – they will find that we have other things to talk about, like what it is the hell they think they're doing. And they don't want to talk about that. Like why they're lying to us, why they're eroding our rights, why they're stealing all our money, why they're not listening to the people who elected them. All of those things are bad. Well, that's easy. They're just preparing us for the alien overlords that they know are coming. They're probably going to be easier to deal with than these clowns. (laughs) I'll be quite honest. You know? At least they'll have a clear agenda to serve man, whatever. I don't care. It's going to be clearer than than what's going on here. Um, And and honestly, I I welcome our sexy alien overlords. I've I've always said that. Uh, But um, yeah, you're also the one who stated that the alien queen just needed a good snuggle. She does just like did anyone try that? Did anyone suggest she needed a snuggle? There's a reason they maybe. were called. There's a reason they were called face huggers. Maybe she just needed a good back rub. You don't know. Nobody asked her. They just <laughs> assumed because she was black and shiny, full of chitin and oozed venom, that she was unfriendly. <laughs> to me, that's just an emo goth chick. <laughs> Same difference. What did we say about non tangential? <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's somebody listening to this shit going, is he for real? Yes, actually, yeah, I did, you know, that's it's a long-standing thing. It's a pet peeve of mine. Uh, but uh, I always root for the misunderstood evil chick. <laughs> like, I always, I'm like, she just, she didn't have enough snuggling. I'm pretty sure I can fix this with a like a long aromatherapy session, maybe some back rubs and some strong dicking. <laughs> like, that should fix everything. <laughs> I know she's killed like a million people, but still, it's fine. She laid eggs in their stomach. Okay, she had an off day. You know, she's just trying to procreate with you. You know, I mean, that's all that is. It's love from across the galaxy. That's all that is. And, and yeah. this is why people think our children need to be taken away from us. <laughs> <laughs> I always flash back to uh, Raj from Big Bang Theory. You'd think it's because my parents didn't love me, but that's not true. They actually love me a great deal. I'm just this messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the one I always go back to is I'm not insane. I know my mom had me tested. <laughs> my mom had me tested. <laughs> and it's funny because his mom, when you meet her, she does the same thing. Oh, no, he's not crazy. We had him tested. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I I don't think that that this will last forever because it can't. We'll, we'll fold in on ourselves. The problem is when that happens, it's going to go to crap real quick. Well, it I, really will. The other, the, I mean, I, and then once again, I think I've mentioned this before, but maybe I have, maybe I haven't. But the, the, the best analogy I've heard recently is we're basically bowling. And what you have on either gutter is you have totalitarianism in one gutter 
and you have disastrously destructive anarchy in the other uh, uh, gutter. The gutters are getting bigger, the lane is getting smaller, and we have to bowl a strike. Yeah, and we're not going to. I truly believe we're not capable of doing it. We're going to fall into one gutter or the other first. Yeah. Because if you look around, there's nobody preaching – you'll forgive the expression. There's nobody preaching for understanding. There's nobody preaching, let's come together and figure this out. There's nobody right now standing up and saying, look at yourselves. This is what we've become. Actually, that's not true. There are people doing it, but it's not the people that are in the right position to do it, and they're not the people that people are listening to. And and the people who are doing that are, and I can think of three of them off the top of my head, Joe Rogan, John Stewart, and Dave Chappelle. Hmm. Yeah. And and that's that's exactly what they're preaching. Let's talk. Not everybody's going to agree with you. Let's talk. But in order to do that. And you're yeah. right. I mean, well, those, the other, those well, the other side has to be willing that. to listen. And they get crucified. Well, because I mean, the, other at... si- the other side isn't willing to listen. Yeah. The I other mean, side it's, hears it's the clear. parts that they want to hear, translates it into something evil, and doesn't get the message. I mean, look at look at how fast they turn. John Stewart, take him as an example. He was the darling of the Democrats and the liberals and the progressives and stuff like that back when he was doing the daily show he was the darling because he'd make fun of fox all the time uh in his in his old show and now he makes fun of everybody because everybody's worthy of being made fun of uh because like nobody's getting it right and he's calling everybody's bullshit and of course they turned on him on a dime right he's just he's lost his mind he's irrelevant he's you know whatever and they 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 turned on him because he doesn't fit anybody's narrative anymore, he's actually saying his convictions. Uh, Dave Chappelle, same thing. Joe Rogan, CNN desperately tried to cancel Joe Rogan. <laughs> they would really love it well, if they, he they, went they away. Lo- they lost because he has more listeners than they do. His podcast that does three shows a week has more listeners than all of CNN. Which... You know, is one of my favorite topics is is the increasing irrelevancy of major network news uh, because everybody, I think, has learned and has um, kind of absorbed through osmosis and other things that they are lying to you, to your face, and really, truly believe you're too dumb to know it. Fox. CNN, MSNBC, all the, all of them, okay? I'm not a fan of any of them. Just like I'm not a fan of whatever party you are super on top of, like, oh, he's a Democrat, he's a Republican. No, all of them are assholes, all right? They're all lying to you. None of them are your friend. So, I, but I, I love the 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 steady decline and, and and say what you want about him trump was right about this one thing and i've said this before he was the best thing to ever happen to mainstream news because he made them relevant for four years and then after well, that well, he gave them something that everybody would you know just the fact of trump bad 
is was yeah orange man bad orange man bad it was something that everyone or at least a large portion of the people could agree on for four years right and that gave them a huge platform and huge relevancy and they're just they're just now figuring out that the specter of trump cannot be made to replace the ratings that they had and they have nothing else they don't have anything else to offer and i think people kind of intrinsically know that i mean they knew well, it's, it before it's part but they of were why they've had it. to double down on what it is that they've done even if they even if they flat out know which i'm gonna proselytize that they do um that what they're selling is bullshit unfortunately the only people that are left are the ones who want that bullshit so if they get away from that bullshit now, they lose what little audience they have left. Yeah, and they don't know how to get a new one because they've tried. They, 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 they. The only thing they've tried is is the sensationalism, and they don't know how to do anything else anymore. Um, what's interesting to me is CNN just got bought by Discovery, and Discovery. Uh, you know, some of the people rumbling around Discovery are like, why don't we just take it back to an actual news organization instead of whatever it is that this is? And uh, CNN can, was can, like can quaking put, in their boots. Can we just put Mike Rowe in charge? Man, you know how many people that would piss off on the on the other end of the spectrum? Holy crap. Exactly. <laughs> I, look, I love Mike Rowe. I think he is was absolutely right about some of the things he called for and, you know, his opinions on college and his opinions on common sense and thinking and jobs and, and, and all that are just it's so dead on and no one will ever listen to him again because he doesn't fit the narrative anymore. You know, it was cute when he had a little show and he, he's like, look, dirty jobs can do cool things and people make a living doing that. And everybody's like, oh, look, and just kind of you know uh politically tussled his hair yeah but the moment he told you that you should at least consider the possibility of your kids not going to college yeah whoa slow your roll joe no no, <laughs> no he, he didn't tell you that your kids shouldn't go to college he what he told you is that you should at least consider the possibility yeah. and you know everybody's like uh mike what are you what are you doing um and honestly he's right you know if your kid's like yeah i want to be you know this and it doesn't require it like let's say uh i i have a nephew uh he graduated high school and said yeah i don't want to go to college what i want to do is do he see uh ac and heating repair i want to go to school for that it was a six-month thing and he got his license and um you know worked for three years living inside an ac truck basically because you know in texas in summertime you work about 18 hours a day so you find a place to park the truck, sleep for a couple hours, and then go back out on call. Um, anyway, he did three years of that and bought himself a house and a brand new car with cash. Uh, he has no payments of any kind. He has no debt of any kind. He paid off his his uh, apprenticeship, um, or he paid off his, his license with his apprenticeship. He has zero debt. He owns his own home, has a car, and just got married. Never spent a day in college. And Amazing. now yeah, now makes just under six figures. And uh his wife is is a nurse and has a hundred and twenty thousand dollars worth of debt. 
and makes $33,000 a year, you know, or close to that amount, right? Oh, as, a, as a nurse? As a nurse. Oh, she oh well, she's a, she's, she's a very, she just graduated. Yeah, she was going to say she could do better than that. <laughs> yeah, well, she should be able to, uh, but she has to do her, her, finish out her stuff first and all that kind of thing. But um, it, it'll be years before she pays back, you know? Um, and he's been, he's now like five, six years into his thing. He's a senior AT tech, uh, or, uh, AC tech and all that kind of thing. Never spent a day in college. It, so it's not that college is useless, although I think it's a lot less useful than it used to be. To me, it's that use your freaking head, you know, like just because you want to do something or just because you people all, everyone tells you, oh, you need to go to college. Is that actually true? Use your head and think that is not a popular statement. Right well, now. I, I've got a 17 year old, uh, as we've discussed before, and she is in the process of deciding what it is that she wants to do for next year. She has, as all 17 year olds do, dreams. Uh, she has ideas. She has things that she'd love to do. She has things that she knows she'd be good at and things she knows she wouldn't be good at. And I've basically just looked at her and said one thing which is kiddo you just have to be prepared for the fact that i am not going to be alive forever to pay for you so at some point in life you need to be prepared to make a living for yourself however it is that you want to get there i am going to be very 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 supportive but that's the goal That is a not a popular statement for a 17-year-old girl to hear. No. I have a 12-year-old girl that's not popular with. <laughs> I can't imagine it's more popular with a 17-year-old. Well, I mean, you know, you know, she's a she's into the performing arts. She's talked about wanting to be on Broadway. It's kind of like, okay, that's that's All awesome. Right. That's well, that that's is an awesome goal. And but at some point, being on Broadway needs to be able to pay for your life. Now, if that happens, great. If not, what else are you planning on doing? Uh, you know, if you do want to be a, a server while you try to do that for the rest of your life, at least you're paying for your life. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Um, you know, the other part, as we've talked about before, is she's very much into being an artist. Excellent. If you're just going to paint your own shit and put it on your own walls, that's not going to pay for your life. So you, how are you planning on doing this? Are you going to become a artist who sells their paintings? Are you going to become an animator? Somewhere along the line that has to lead to a way of supporting yourself. As long as it's doing that, I'm there. You know, I had... oh. Uh, 25 years ago, 26 years ago, I had a very similar conversation with my father and, uh, I had just knocked through about a year of junior college and, uh, been asked to, um, perhaps get more serious and then come back later on as I was on <laughs> academic probation after a year of junior college. Cause I just didn't care. I didn't hey, see the point. Hey, I didn't want to do it. I did. I just, I, I was just like, this is BS. I don't want to be here. I hate everything about this. I don't see anything I want to do. Tried to join the military. It was during the Clinton years where they were trying to scale down the military. So they gave everybody an asthma test. And of course I failed. Um, and I was like, oh crap. And there was a, a period and my dad was like, look, 
He had a very similar conversation. Look, you want to go to college? I get that. There's plenty of stuff out there. Um, but you're going to have to do something. You're not going to be living here forever. I'm just telling you that. You're going to have to find, you're going to have to make your way. Come to me with a plan, any plan, and I will be wildly supportive. I don't care what it is. Now, to his credit, and I give him a lot of crap about a lot of the things he said to me. Uh, like there was a famous argument he was having with my mom in that time period. And he was just sure I was going to be a drug dealer. He's like, what other skills does he have, Rose? He's going to be a drug dealer. Um, he was just positive. Hey, I hear they make a good living. They do, you know, for a little while. If you can stay out of prison. Uh, <laughs> my other curricular, my other actor after school activity was street racing. That wasn't good. There was a no-name warrant for my car uh, in the county over from where we were living. Hey, Vin Diesel made a hell of a living doing that. You know, I mean, I was trying everything, a little bit of everything. Uh, but um, when I heard about uh, at the time. Uh, it was a very legitimate and very um, accelerated program to get an art degree and become a multimedia slash developer slash artist type person. Um, I brought it to my parents. I'm like, look, it's a private school, but and it's expensive. At the time, it was a two-year degree for $35,000, which was in 1990s money, a lot of money <laughs> for an associate's. Uh, considering that the classes I was taking for an associate's at the junior college were $150 a class. Um, it was a lot of money. It was a lot of money. And to his credit, I will say this, to his credit, to this day, the minute I presented him with the plan and that at the end of this, they had a placement program and a job fair and a number of jobs that I would be entry-level jobs that I would be qualified for upon receiving this degree – my father jumped in with both feet. Yep, let's do it. You, you serious about it? We'll go take a tour today. He said he he literally did. He set up a tour that day to go down and see the campus and talk to people and talk to financial advisors and all that kind of stuff. We went down the same day. He drove me down. And I walked around, and I, I can honestly say it was the turning point of my trajectory of my life. I walked around that campus and went, oh, I want this. This is – I could do this. And I was right, as it turns out. Uh, but to his credit, you, you, he was you like, you saw the girl with the shaved, spiky haired, blue haired and went, this is for me, right? Oh, there were a couple of those. Yeah. No, there was, there was some of the, there was goth chicks, there was emo chicks. And, and the, the, the art school I went to at that time was separated by floors in a big office building, uh, downtown. And it was the first floor was video production. Second floor was, um, animation. Third floor was programming. Fourth floor was models, uh, fashion college. And the fifth floor was culinary. So there was food, hot chicks, programming, art. And in the art department, they were doing life drawing classes where we walked by the classroom and we poked our head in because we were doing a tour and there's a naked chick laying on a couch being drawn. And I'm like, I am so going here. Um, and, uh, I, I, to his credit, he was he he went through all the process. He's like, okay, what placement programs do you have? What will he have? Will he have this portfolio? There's a job fair. There's all these things and these placement things that he can get when he's done, and he'll get a job in one of these areas. And my dad went, sounds great, and never looked back. Never said two words about it. it was like, this is what you want to do. Let's do that. It wasn't a traditional college. It wasn't, but it was an accredited associates at the time and it had a 
you know, uh, it had a plan. And I find it interesting that uh, one of the shows I like to watch is Bill Maher. And on the last episode of the season, he had uh, the bald guy who sits in the center of the shark tank. Okay. Uh, I can't remember his name all of a sudden, but he's uh, a very, very wealthy venture capitalist. And it was uh, inspiring to me that as much as Bill Maher was trying to get him to come out as the evil guy with lots of money, that what he kept saying is what we need more of these days is creative people. He goes, you know, he doesn't need anybody to push a button anymore. He doesn't need anybody to swing a hammer anymore. He needs people who are creatives to design things. I hope that's true because I'm a creative person. <laughs> but well, um, it was that in engineers. Yeah, you know, uh, but but it's true. And I was I was a, a creative person, and I had found a path through to get a job that supported me. And to his credit, I will say this: to his credit, my father was true to his word. As long as there was a plan, and the plan had some kind of chance for success, he was 100% beside, behind me. Uh, and this was in the 90s, and my father is a very, very, very traditional person. He was a military guy, you know, He was he's and he is not creative, <laughs> okay? He is not creative in the way I am. And he leapt upon that stuff and believed in, in that I could go through this program and, and come out with some success. And that was great. Uh, my brother, the exact freaking opposite, um, was straight A's all the way through school, went through college, got a four-year degree, go, went, stayed in for a six-year degree, got his master's, and then went to work at Walmart. And, and you know, technically he was living on his own, and he was like a, a you know, night manager or something like that, but but really didn't use his degree in in advanced business uh, analytics uh, at Walmart because uh, he just didn't have any drive. And he spent close to fifty, sixty thousand dollars and again, 1990s, early 2000s money before it got super expensive on a degree he never used. So I, I you know, I. I don't know where that falls, and I, I don't know exactly where I'm trying to get with it. All I'm saying is is we're crucifying people who are saying it doesn't work that way anymore without actually knowing um, what's best for what child it is. You know, you don't know. I, I think where I was going with all of this is that the, this world is changing very dramatically and a whole lot faster than it has in a long time. Very much. Um, yeah. Everything from the way technology fits into our lives to just how we communicate with each other, how the language is changing faster than we can than we can keep up with it. Um, my 17 uh, year old and my brother got into an argument uh, at Thanksgiving over the simple use of pronouns. I mean, and I know that's not going to surprise anybody these days, but uh, dude, it was a pronoun. And yeah. and this is and this is where we're kind of going, and that's kind of we're trying so hard to keep up with our children and to, as we said before, to impart our own values onto our children. But the world isn't accepting that anymore. The world isn't is telling you what your children need to think versus anything else. And 
you know, at a certain point, you don't have control over it. You can do the best you can do, but um, there is a lot more that the children are exposed to. It's, it's, <laughs> at 17, day. I've reached the point where my daughter is who she is. My influence yeah. on who she is as a human being is over and done with. You know, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think and if it works anything like me, um, your influence will come back, but you got like five to ten years before it comes back. When well, she I, comes back and lives a little life and then goes, hey, uh, I, it'll be really quiet and really quick. Dad, what do you think about this? I, well, I mean, I've got little nudges that I can do. But the idea of, you know, engineering my child as a person is, oh, is done. Oh, yeah. The large shaping is already done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm almost to the end of the large shaping on my, my eldest, and she's 12. For, for better or worse. I mean, I, I still haven't quite figured out whether or not I did a good job. I don't think you know. Um, I, I, I honestly don't, I don't think, you know, till later, you know, um, like I, I was a full, almost 30 years old before my dad, you know, I had literally, I was sitting down with my dad, we were doing some kind of thing and he goes, you know, I did pretty good with you. You're all right. You know, you did good. And I'm like, that's a weird statement. <laughs> like, of course he did good. I'm awesome. You know, I'm like, <laughs> and I, it wasn't until now I understood, like, he's like, oh, thank God I didn't screw him up too bad. <laughs> you know? <laughs> now I think, yeah, this one turned out, this one turned out all right. You know? <laughs> and I, I didn't know how to feel about it till later. Cause I had all like super, you know, he's my father and I were almost exactly like, so we clash like crazy. When I was in my teens and stuff, I kind of dealt with the exact opposite. I am the only overweight nerd in a family of college level athletes. (laughs) So so I kind of dealt with the whole idea that nobody really knew what to do with me. They're like, uh, and then there's Jake. (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, that, that's exactly and, and it wasn't for a lack of desire or a lack of love or a lack of anything of that nature it was just nobody knew what to do sure so you're like well i can't i don't know what to do either so i'm just gonna do this you know but i i mean i get it i mean it's because and, and everybody reacts differently to each stimuli and each kid and everyone's a different person and and your own biases play in, but I, I do, truly do, do you think... want to spend a few hours on the whole nature versus nurture debate? debate? God, no. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, there's, there's so much more influence outside of the home and there always has been outside of the home for children that, you know, you only get so much, right. And you only get so many bites at the apple before they decide what is and what isn't until they have to go out and find out if you were actually lying to them or not. And some of the best words of wisdom I ever got from my father were things that he said, well, this is how it works for me. And if it works different from you, I hope it does, but watch out for this and this and this. Other than that, I hope it works for you better than it did for me. And, <laughs> I, I, I'd like to think I'm going to get to that. Right now, I'm still at the point where my child thinks I'm an idiot. Um, therefore, yeah, if I teenager. say this is the way it works for me, that she's immediately going to do the exact opposite, just because. Oh, no. obviously yeah, I'm I didn't stupid. listen at the time either. Yeah, because I was like 18, 19 years old. I didn't listen at the time either. Um, I think, but but when you drop those, kids remember that stuff. 
Well, they remember I, that stuff. Actually, I've had a I have a saying I've been using for decades now, which is it, well, actually, I'll take that back. It hasn't been decades because I haven't figured it out for myself until not quite as long ago as I'd like. Um, you're not truly a grown up until you can look back and realize that your parents weren't the idiots you thought they were. And when it actually starts yeah. to make sense. Yeah, and you're like, damn it. <laughs> oh yeah, because, no, no, because it, it's a it's a hard pill to swallow. It's, it's for some people to look back and realize that they're at, at some point in time their parents actually had a point, and even if they didn't get it right, were at least desperately trying. Yeah, no, my father was like that. You know, we we clashed pretty hard, um, mostly because both of us were trying to control my life at the same time. And and you you know me, you've met me. I don't deal well with that. Uh, I don't think anybody really does, but I had a huge chip on my shoulder about it. And, um, you know, my father again was a military guy, so he just expected his, his pronouncements to be obeyed. And that wasn't really my thing. Uh, so we had issues. Uh, we'll, we'll suggest he was more rigid than he is today as well, but, um, he's much better about it now. Um, but, I, I I do get what you're saying because there are times when I have looked back now and gone, you know, he's probably not as big a dick as I thought because <laughs> I've like I've seen what I'm dealing with and know that he had it worse because he was dealing with me. <laughs> that was a giant pain in the ass, and I'm like, yeah, I probably would have done worse to me than, <laughs> than he did. Yeah, most of the things that I go through, I when I talk to my father about it, he's like, uh, "Yeah, I I, I remember that, <laughs> exactly that." Yeah, yeah, and you're like, oh, "Crap." <laughs> so I mean, I get it. I just and and part of that's generational, and part of that is always the struggle that parents are trying to impart to their children. Um, also, I also think it's how we change as a generation, and as a species, it's how we the successes and failures that we have of our children define how we are as a species. And, and that's just part of human nature. And I don't think you're going to get away with, you know, or uh, get away from a part or part of that. And, and I think we're actually having the largest generation division that we've, than we've had in, oh, in, a, in a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, be, because I mean, you can look and see how, like, if, if you look at English, you can look at how the English language has changed over the years and you can see, you know, from Shakespearean times to Chaucer to now, uh, you, you can see how the language has altered. And I think we're going through something so dramatic right now that the language, what, what you're saying to someone at a different generation does not mean the same thing to them that it does to you. I also think that the reason the boomers are reacting so badly to it uh, is because they were that generation um, for their parents and the, and the generations behind them. Um, it was them. And they were often the, the authors of that change. And it kind of skipped one, right? Cause Gen X really, we're kind of known for our apathy. Right? Like, Hey, look, we're just trying to get along. All right. We're trying to make our way. Just fuck off. I don't really care. And that really kind of worked for the boomers. Are, are you suggesting that we're living in a breast Brett Easton Ellis novel? Less than zero? 
You know, I I won't suggest that because of the connotations that also come with that. <laughs> However, um, I I do think that it kind of skipped a generation. Hey, I didn't and go the, with American Psycho. I, that's true. Yeah, and that's that's probably worse. But um, we're the Gen X really is. We weren't the shakers, right? We were not. We didn't move things. We we just kind of wanted to get by. That was kind of our always our thing. Just we want to get by. Just leave us alone. Millennials want to get in your face, just like the boomers did. The boomers, you know, started the whole. You got to remember. I mean, this was the generation that that did free love, that did Woodstock, that did protests, that did civil rights, that did. That was all boomers. So yeah, but then they grew up and didn't want anybody else to do the same shit. No, that's exactly my point. That's exactly where I'm going. They resent the hell out of millennials destroying the the world order that they built. And that's what millennials are intent on doing. Hey, um, y'all might have started out that way, but it sucks now, so fuck off. And I don't think that's going well with the bars. <laughs> I really don't. And I got news for you. I don't think Gen Z is going to be much better for them. Uh, so I, I truly don't know what it is that we're heading towards, but it ain't what the boomers have elected. And if the millennials get their way, I don't think anybody's going to like that. I'm hoping Gen Alpha is better. Um, and they will learn from some of the mistakes that the millennials are currently making. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, like who the hell, who the hell can call that stuff? I didn't think the millennials would be this weird either, but you know. They are, and, and they are that way, and I truly believe this. They are that way, and I know we got to go, but I know they are that way because we made them that way. We made the environment that made them crazy, sort of like your mom is insane because you made her insane. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, so this is the environment we handed them, which was an unsolvable puzzle full of disparity and and – social privilege they're not getting and then said now you be happy you shut up and you're gonna like it <laughs> they went um no <laughs> so it's it's truly i see the problem i just don't have to fix it <laughs> you know because nobody's gonna back off from where they are so it's it's gonna have i truly believe it's gonna have to break before we can fix it not bend not have problems i think it's gonna have to break before we fix it and that's the only that's the only trouble i really see i wish i could argue with you <laughs> uh, with that said uh we're uh not to say that we're out of topics but we have had some people write in saying they wished we were talking about different things so if you <laughs> have a topic that you'd like us to that you'd like to hear our ruminations on and you know not to say that we actually stay on topic um but please send it to us. We'd love to take, I mean, you know, challenge accepted. Give us something. We'll look into it and come up with some opinions and throw it out there at you. Um, other than that, I hope everyone's had a wonderful holiday and uh, a, have a wonderful holiday yet to come. Have sex with an alien queen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Just they need to be befriended. <laughs> <laughs>